This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. name amen and amen and so um i want to remind everybody you know we have started a new uh series of teaching on are you prepared for the married state which uh minister martin kicked off for us and my portion that i'm going to be doing for this uh this teaching is you know are you prepared for the married state and my portion is what does god want for my marriage and how does he get it what does God want from my marriage, and how does He get it? And before I move forward here, I want to remind everybody that we this is open again to the question uh, question and answer format. Uh, so you can submit your questions if you have any questions during the teaching or about what's going on during the teaching anonymously, and then we will address those questions after the series of teachings have gone forth. So again, my portion here is going to be, what does God want from my marriage, and how does He get it? These are things that you need to know before we get into the marriage state. This, this is why the, the whole series is called Are You Prepared for the Marriage State? And I want to go just through a few things that I want you to keep in your mind because you'll hear all of these things as we go through the teaching that, um, that uh, will be shared this morning over the next few weeks is what Minister Martin said, why and when premarital counseling. You need to know why because you need to know how to choose. First and foremost. And you're going to hear that a lot of the counseling that we're giving you is because you need to know how to choose. That's what counsel is. If the only counsel you receive is bad counsel, and you don't listen and, and move with that good counsel, that makes for a bad life. So we're giving you sound biblical counsel so that you can know from God's perspective, like Minister Hayson was teaching on, how to choose. Then you need to know what you're signing up to. The things that you'll hear from us, is this, all these things will be in the couple marriage. And the funny part about it is, there's so much... In my, in my notes, I was, I was going through, I'm like, yeah, this, 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 and that. And I was like, I haven't even skimmed half of it. There's so much in the cup of marriage. We're just going to try to give you a list, at least a little taste of what you're signing up to. Another thing he mentioned was God hates divorce. Because remember, from the previous teaching, my administration said, God's covenant of marriage, his institution is supposed to represent Christ and the church, that relationship. And the Bible says, can no man tear asunder what God has brought together? So God hates divorce. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And then also, of course, he said, you, you need to be prepared. Even if you know what's in the cup, you need to be prepared for what's in the cup. Because it's coming. It's coming for all marriages. Again, and then I want to touch on a little bit what Minister Hayson was talking about. He was talking about God's perspective and purpose for the coming of marriage. And a lot of his stuff that he was talking about is going to bleed through until we get into you know, uh, uh, the part where I talk about how he gets it. But, you know, the, the God's perspective is that it should look like God, it should look like Christ in the church. That's his perspective. And I'm going to discuss again, like I said, how does he get that? He expects us to keep that standard and follow it in our marriage. So how does he get that from us as individuals in that marriage? So again, my part of this is how does he, what does he want from my marriage? How does he get it from my marriage? Or how does he get it from me? And again, I want to reiterate like all the other ministers have been saying, you know, we're, we're talking to those that are unmarried. Okay, this is a this is a premarital class. We're talking to those that are not married. But I want you to know the, the parents for the unmarried, this is for you too. Uh, those that are married, you can glean from it. But the unmarried, especially those who are dating, courting, engaged, this is for you. Don't take it lightly. Don't have your mind made up until you've heard the counsel of God. This is for you because marriage is it's not a plaything. 
I know my brother, uh, one of the brothers said, it's, it's the most, outside of receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is the most pivotal, most life-changing decision you can ever make. It changes you forever. So don't take it lightly. So again, actually, let's, let's actually go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 10, because I just want to set the mood on how serious marriage is, and then we're going to go over the definition of marriage. So Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to read verse, verses 6 through 9. And it reads, I'll give you a second, I hear some pages. Alrighty. Verse 6, it says, But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. So, we can see from that scripture alone, and we're, like I said, we're going to go over the definition of marriage, that it's covered all right there, what's in the definition of marriage. So let's read it. What is the defini- definition of marriage? Marriage is a divine institution, created by God, like Jesus just said in the scripture, from the very beginning. A divine institution, created by God, whereby two rational, free moral agents, a man and a woman, who are born again, choose to enter into a lifelong commitment with another imperfect person. So, that's what the main thing I want to stick out to you right now is that it's a divine institution. It's created by God. See, everybody wants a good marriage. Listen, I want a good marriage. Everybody wants what we know as a good marriage of their own. And God knows that. But we have to realize, like I said, it's a divine institution. It's created by God. Marriage is one of God's, inst- God's institution, one of his covenants. So in order, you know, we, we may want a good marriage, but God said, good is good. It's okay. But I want you to push past good to a godly marriage. Okay, he wants you to go a little bit further. So I want to see, what does divine mean? Because we said it's a divine institution. That means it's godly. That means it's holy. It's excellent. It's full of life. When something's divine, that means that if you're participating in it, it should bring you life. Because God is life. It's divine. It's holy. It's sacred. It's set apart. That's the type of institution that this is. And that's, uh, that's, like I said, that's what I want you to focus on. I want you, it's not the focus on being a good marriage. The focus should be on being a divine marriage. Marriage should not only make you happy, it should make you holy. It should make you, it should make you walk up. Because remember, it's supposed to represent Christ in the church. So that's the focus that we're going to focus on. That it's, a, it's, it's God's, it's God's institution. It's a divine institution created by Him. So we have to figure out what He has for us. And look, long before we get there, God is not a God of, of disorder. He's not trying to put you in a situation and then give you, give you what to do after the fact. That's not God. Like Minister Martin said, you have to be prepared. This is, this is what this is for. You have to be prepared. And then, you know, as, as, people, as people, we forget that, that it's God's institution and that he has an expectation, and then we start to put our expectations on the marriage covenant. Long before we even put ourselves in, look, long before we even consider a spouse, we put our expectations on what we expect we should get out of a spouse in marriage. And never take the time to consider God's heart on the matter. I mean, because you don't act like before you see this person, you haven't thought about it. 
But because I'm not necessarily in that season, I don't have to seek God about it, though. We can't forget, it's God's institution. You'll, you'll have, listen, even if, with the ones you're dating, you'll have conversation about how much money we'll make, how many children we're going to have, what kind of house, what kind of car we're going to have, long before you're even married. See, you, your expectations. Long before even seeking what God wants from it. You know, to represent Christ in the church. You know, you could be just, I'm talking about fresh out the gate date, gate dating and talking about, yeah, I want, I want two boys, I want this and that. And you haven't even talked to God about it. I want a two-story house. I want this or that. And you haven't even got out of, out of high school. Not even considering the true cost of marriage. It's not, like I, I said, it's not, and, and been stressed over the, it's not a plaything. Marriage is not a game. That's what, I, I love how many states can play it to Here Comes the Bride music. Because a lot of people do believe that that's, that's the marriage. That's not the marriage. That's not, listen, you're not going to find that in the Bible anywhere. God's not saying, I require that you have a grandiose wedding and a bridezilla and this. No, that's your preference. God is expecting that you honor His covenant. That's what He expects from marriage. And the definition itself, it's a lifelong commitment. So you have to, you have to ask yourself, am I committed to me and what I want? You know, I want to have this many kids, I want to have this much money, I want to have it. Am I committed to what I want? Or am I committed to what God wants from me out of marriage? And if we're honest with ourselves, especially when you're younger distraction and distracted, the question is, what's in it for me? Let's be honest about it. Especially, and I expect that, especially from younger, younger people, you know, but what am I going to get out of marriage? But see, that, and thank God for these settings. God is here to correct that. He's given us counsel. But again, this is going to be your choice. Because, and I'm not saying this to, to, to deter certain people, but I know there's certain people that are already engaged in this room. So you're going to have to decide whether is this counsel I'm taking right now or, you know, is my mind made up? Is it, am I making things beautiful in this time and season or am I going to wait on God? So right, listen, if you hear anything in this, listen, take a second and just and, 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 and sit back and listen to God. If you hear anything that, that causes you to question, listen, it's time to pray, it's time to rethink some things. And I'm not just talking to those that are engaged. But especially those that are engaged, that, are, that now there is a ticking clock, a time clock. Hold on, wait on the Lord. And again, don't don't get me wrong. So what's in it for me? It's it's not an invalid question. It's worth asking in marriage, but it's something about the mindset around the question that needs to change, right? That's what usually gets us. The normal process, thought process, is usually. What can I do for me? Or what can they do for me in marriage? Where it should be, what does God have for me? What can I do for them? See, this is the correct mind. And this comes from a basic Bible, Bible principle of service. But, see, that's why you have to, we, it goes back to the kingdom, uh, kingdom relationship. You have to be one complete person in Christ by yourself before you even consider stepping into the, the covenant of marriage. That's why the definition, who are born again. 
Born again, listen, that, that insinuates that you believe. Believe insinuates that you walk. I'm not talking about somebody that says, yeah, I know there's a God and I believe there's a God. That's everybody in the world. Because I'm telling you, if you're not focused on the, you know, what God has for you, listen, everybody has good intentions. Everybody wants the best for their marriage. But where did you get your intentions and your thoughts from? For example, right, you think of a young girl, maybe not married yet, but single young girl. When they think of, and I'm talking in general, they think of a wedding or a marriage, they think of the wedding day. They think of the song like Minister Hayson prayed. Here comes the bride. I've been thinking about this my whole life. I think about all my friends that are coming to the reception. I think about how beautiful it's going to be. I think about wearing my, my big dress, the candles, the flowers, the decorations, setting that all up. Look, so a couple that's been married, you know, 10 to 15 years, it's about the children. It's about building. It's about growing together. So, so those that have been married plus 25 plus, it's about the grandchildren. It's about slowing down. It's about this and that. But to those who value God above else, it's a proven ground of faith. It's a place where you can work and equip your heart so that you can grow together. And, and not only that, it's a proven ground of faith that it shows you this promise not only in this life, but in the life to come. Because I'm telling you, all that other things can be included in marriage, but that's not marriage. Those things can fall. Some of those things can be included in marriage. You will have children. Some will have children. Uh, 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 you will have your wedding if you want it. That could, that could be a part of it, but, but listen, but marriage is designed to show the relationship of Christ and the church. See, it's like I said, and then that relationship, when I say it has promise here, you, you begin to grow together. Just like you grow in Christ, you and, your, you and your spouse begin to grow together. And then, like I said, it shows the relationship between uh, Christ and the church, and that's how I expect it in, to see Christ. That's, listen... That's, that's the truth. To those who have faith in God and believe, you have, see, that's the mindset you have to change. Right? When you think, what's in it for me? Well, that's what's in it for you. Not what's in it for me financially. Sexually. Or what have you. See, once your mindset changes, then it will stop. All, it'll, all of a sudden, it switches from being about you. But see, these are things that you have to, this is stuff that should be done Far, be, far before you're in this marriage state, or you're, you're talking about preparing to get into this marriage state, or you're engaged, or, you know, you're courting. You have to keep in mind that the God is a God of purpose. Everything he does is for his marriage, his covenant of marriage is for a purpose. He doesn't do anything without reason. And if you're, if you're operating according, according to his purpose, no matter what goes on, in, in the marriage, she'll work it out for you. If you're operating according to that scripture, he works all things out for the good of those that are called according to his purpose. But again, that's the that's the relationship, <laughs> the the marriage relationship. Again, like Minister Hazel said, it's it's there to so that you can raise a godly seed. And have godliness in your home and represent the relationship between Christ and the church. That's a relationship built to endure the hardness of marriage. Because let me tell you, marriage is, 
I remember teaching not too long, maybe a year or so ago, Minister Martin uh, taught on and was talking about marriage. Marriage, there's troubles in marriage. I'm telling you, it's not all the... It's not all the wine and roses you see. It's not all the Facebook posts you see. And we're always holding hands. We're always kissing. It's not all that. (laughs) I'm going to keep it real with you. It's not all that. But see, that's what I mean when I say, but it's the faith in God that causes you to grow together. Through all those troubles. But you have to be firm. And you you have to be complete, like I said, and whole by yourself in Christ. That's what you bring to the table in marriage. Somebody who's complete in Christ. That's why you got to understand what's in the cup beforehand, I'm telling you. Because there's going to be obstacles. You know, in that same scripture where he said everybody's called according to his purpose, that's in Romans. Go to Romans. Romans chapter 8. Chapter chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And... Verse 38. Uh, verse 35. That same scripture. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? You know what he's asking? Shall there be troubles that separate us from the love of Christ? See, this is. That, that, do you understand the relationship between husband and a wife? Let, let me continue here. So, what shall separate us from his love? Verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. There's going to be some some troubles. There's going to be some hardness in marriage. But for thy sake we are killed all the day long. Verse, I'm sorry, I lost my verse. Nay, I'm sorry, 37, yes. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for thy slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors to him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, this is the relationship that describes Christ in the church. Those troubles that come up, there has to be endurance. But see, that endurance doesn't... Listen, when trouble comes up for good marriage, people tend to fold. But when they come up for godly marriages, people tend to endure. See, that's the difference. That's why, that's why you have to get, get your expectation, the good expectations out your... Let's move on to godly. Because God... Listen, God is good. He covers all the goodness you need. Let's go on to godly. So it's, a, it's only by submitting to, to Christ and understanding our personal relationship with him first as the bride of Christ that we can understand and comprehend the covenant of marriage and why God instituted it. And we can understand all this before we enter into the state of marriage. That's the thing. He wants you to understand that before you enter into the state of marriage. He wants you to be prepared before you enter into the state of marriage. He can help you grow through all your expectations, your disillusionments on marriage. But you've got to submit and trust in Him. This will enable you to know what you're signing up for. To know how to choose. To remain married. You know, God hates divorce. 
This is what will enable you to do all that. So my objectives for this teaching is the same as the title. It's to discover what does God or want, want or desire or expect from my marriage. And how does he get it? And before I, before I actually dig into that, I want to start with a few of man's expectations. Because again, you know, man's expectations, some of them are good. You know, we just have to, we need to see God on it, because God can take it to godly and give you what you need instead of what you want. And some of them are just straight up crazy. You know, and, and there's many more. I'm not, we're not going to touch on all of them, because there's plenty of, plenty of different expectations that, that people have. But I'm going to touch on some of the most common ones that I found in, in, uh, in my study time, and some of them that, that may have ran through my mind before I got married. So... Let's start and look at some of these expectations. Our expectation. What man wants for marriage. And uh, by this, this is just me and my personal notes. In parentheses, I put immature thinking. <laughs> That's just me. But anyway, so our society, you know, both religious and secular, has established its own expectation on marriage. Without the word being involved. And, and, and that's, that's what fosters, like I, I think I said it before, that's what fosters your disappointments, right? Your expectations that you place on marriage. And then you turn around and you want to blame God for it, right? Because it's God's institution. But you didn't do it God's way. I think Minister Stinson was teaching that not too long ago. Everybody wants to do God's will, but remember, you've got to do it His way. It's not, your, not His will your way, because then it's not His will. But again, some people, they believe, you know, they'll get married because it's going to meet what I want going to meet my needs. So the first one I wrote down is the most obvious, right? The need for affection and sexual intimacy. And we all know that sex is meant for the, the covenant of marriage and marriage alone. Anything besides, between a man and a woman. Anything outside of that is sin. Now with your not fiance, that's sin. Listen, the night before the wedding, that's sin. Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, that's sin. It's God's institution, right? It's sin. I, I, listen, I, there's not much more for me to say there because now we just we just have to listen. We have to deal with your lust. Sex outside the covenant of marriage is sin. Can we move forward? Amen. So you have a lot of, you know, a young couples that, that walk that thin line, though, between sex and no sex, right? Well, no, there's no penetration. We're doing everything but. So now we're playing, see, this brings me back to teaching on legalism. Right? Now we're playing legal games with God, right? Doing everything you can to get up to that point. And let me tell you something. God's word r- remains true. You cannot bring fire into your bosom and not get, get burned. Okay. That, I mean, that's the truth of the word. There's no way. You know, walking around, doing all the things married people do. Always holding hands, always heavy petting, touching, kissing. Things that, listen, first off, you started doing it privately. And this is how you know, this is how I know, and let me tell you, God is so good. He, he, he shows me things, you know, things start showing out that you've done privately with this person out in the open, right? And then you start to see if people are okay with it, so now I do more and more. 
Oh, I can kiss in front of them now. I can do this and that in front of them. Oh, because we're dating and you know us being, us being believers means we're going to get married. Wait a minute though, but you're, you're, putting, you're, you're pulling fire to your own bosom. Because those things, especially when you're doing them out in the open like that, I know you're doing them by yourself. And guess what? Those things are things married people do. And when, those mar- when married people do those things, guess what? It leads to sex, which is only in the covenant of marriage. Oh, no, it's not that serious. We can handle ourselves. Oh, you can. Because I... Ooh. Listen, I've been there and done that. Let me tell you. You, you cannot... You want to... You wanna, you want to test the flesh, right? Oh, I can handle it. I'm different than Adam. I'm different than, I'm different than my brother, my sister, my mother, my father. I'm different than everybody. I'm like Jesus. You playing these games. When, when Jesus, the word itself tells you what to do. Don't put, Jesus like, don't play that game. Do not play that. Because guess what? Jesus didn't put himself in no predicament like that. Mr. or Mrs. I'm like Jesus. Jesus didn't put himself in a position where he would compromise. You know why? And he didn't do that before he had the church. You know why? Because he was faithful to God's covenant of marriage before, the church, before he was united with the church. Just like if you're not married now, you still need to be faithful to the covenant of marriage. Because that's God's covenant of marriage. If you're out there having sex... Or doing those type of things before your marriage, you're not respecting this covenant. You're not being faithful to God and whoever, if there's a prospective spouse for you. Can always get off alone with your prospective spouse. See, these things, are, and you think you're hiding, these things are easy to see. I'm telling you. And I'm going to tell you now, when you, when you switch it up now, it's, it's definitely a, a, a given that you're hiding it now. It's time for a heart change. Because I guarantee you, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, I'm, re- I'm ready for marriage. Because you're ready for sex. That's just, let me tell you, sex is the overflow of marriage. It's, a, it's included in there, but let me tell you, it's an expression of your love in marriage. Sex ain't love. That's how I'm expressing the way I feel about you. You know how I know sex ain't love? Because everybody and their mama out there doing it without being married. True love is a commitment. <laughs> True love ain't going to just leave its seed everywhere. True love ain't going to just open its leg and let them leave their seed everywhere. And a side note, you know, Minister Hayson was talking about the, the parents, you know, of the you know, two people not getting involved in the marriage after they're married. And he's so right. Because your time to get involved is right now. It's pre-marital. You make them be accountable, especially if your son or your daughter is still... Listen, you're accountable to me to everything you do. And you live with... Listen, you, you, you're going to be home at this time. You gotta, listen, you're not going to be here by yourself. Plans are not going to change. If you say you're doing one thing and you call me and say, well, can I do this? Guess what? No. 
No iffy business. None of that. You got to be accountable. Parents, now's the time. Before they're married. Make them accountable in every situation. Uh, let me tell you something, parents, if you don't know. If they're dating your, your child, if a uh, boy is dating your daughter, your daughter is dating your son, uh, and they're talking about marriage, or even if they're not, let me tell you this if you didn't know it. That means that they thought about having sex with your child. Especially if they're talking about marriage. Because guess what's included in the covenant of marriage? Sex. I hope you understand that. That has gone through their mind. If they mention, this could be the one for me. They mean the one for everything. For sex, that's included. See, and that's a... That's why you gotta. I listen to people in the way they talk. I listen to the things that they say when they say stuff like that. Oh, that's the one. You know what you're saying? Do you know what you're saying? That's the one for you. Are you ready for that state? Have you done the work to be prepared and ready for that state? Are you just talking? Are you just talking because you're in your lust and you're trying to cover up for what you're doing? Ooh, God is good. Ooh. Hmm. Now the Bible does say, and you know, I want to. Actually, before I move on, I, I did want to do a challenge for everybody. Before I forget, I, I wanted to do a challenge before I move on. So, if you're unmarried, right, and you're dating, you're courting. Uh, you're engaged. I want you to do this. And I'm glad that, you know, those people are all members of this church because your parents are. I want you to go ask your parents, am I ready for the marriage state? No, no, no. I know Minister Hastings mentioned it. This is a challenge now, though. Go do it. I don't care what you... Listen, some people, their parents might be like, y you're there because I, I, I can think of certain people that are that are dating right now, and I'm like, yeah, they're showing certain things. I'm thinking, I can think of certain people, and I'm like, you need to, you definitely need to go ask your parents. Am I prepared for this state? Because let me tell you, burning in lust right now, we're talking about sexual you know, wants and stuff in marriage. Listen, burning lust and not being able to handle it now. Saying I, yeah, the Bible says it's, it's better to marry to burn, but if you don't deal with that issue before, guess what? You're going to burn in lust in your marriage. And I'm not talking about with your spouse. That has to be a self-control thing. You know, you know, Remember, I'm completing Christ, right? So I'm walk, walking and being led by the Spirit. That has to be in place before we're in the marriage state. Because why am I bringing somebody else into my self-control issue? Why would, I, why would I marry somebody and bring them into that? That type of baggage. I'm going to tell you, those are troubles you don't want. Those aren't the troubles I'm talking about when I said there's troubles in marriage. Those are different type of troubles. That's, those are troubles that can be dealt with right here. That's what we're talking about.
And I'm telling you, you put yourself in that position, you can't think. Because you've already done so much of what married people do. Then once you're there, you like, the only thing that's going to go in your mind is, well, I say I love them, we'll, we'll get married, and then you're going to do it. It's, a, it's amazing how quick the flesh will throw God right out your mind. No, no, you'll purposely do it. Because I'm going to tell you, before you do it, you're thinking about it. The Holy Spirit is there. You're thinking about it. But then you're still continuing through the motion. You've lost control. You haven't mortified your members. You've lost control of them. No self-control. Not knowing the damage you're doing. Because not being committed, you know, beforehand and then getting married and not being committed, guess what? That, that's, tearing his, that's, that's tearing asunder what God is doing together. Remember, God hates divorce. So please don't forget that challenge. I'm going to ask about it next week. I'm going to ask your parents about it next week. Ask them. Because I'm, I'm telling you, they're not going to give you nothing but sound counsel. But your parents know you. Ask them. They'll be honest with you. They'll say, uh, yeah, well, but you still can't remember to take out the trash. You can't pick up your own underwear. And you have only paid a phone bill. And, you know, and these are real practical things, though. And you talking about, yeah, but I want, I want to have sex. I mean, I want to be married. Am I ready to be married? I mean... You see, because when you hear certain things like that, you're like, well, it's simple. You're not ready. You can't even, you can't, all you can maintain is a phone bill. Listen, certain people, what, here's what gets me too, right? When you put God on your time frames, right? Like, okay, well, I'm going to graduate high, I'm going to graduate co- high school, then I'm going to graduate college in two years, then I'm going to get married in two years, then I'm going to have children in this and Trying to limit God's, God's hand in your life because, because you want something, right? It all goes back to your lust. When God has something totally different for you. God makes things beautiful in this time. And that, and that's an, that leads me to one of my other things. You know, the social acceptance, right? That's another reason people get married. All my friends are getting married. I'm running out of time. I need to do this. Yeah, they see it on Facebook, you know. Ooh, I got hashtag relationship goals. Just like them. Oh, look, on the outside looking in. Grass always greener, right? But not even knowing what's in the cup of marriage. It looks like they're free to do what they want to do, right? Oh, they, they married, I know the main thing. Oh, they having sex when they want to, yeah, I know. That's not what marriage is. In fact, Paul, in, in fact, Paul says, you know, I, I, would, I, I would wish that you would abide like me. Okay, because those that are married, they care for the things that are of the husband or of the wife. Me being single, I can, I can focus my efforts on the things of the Lord. You hear me, on the things of the Lord. But you know, for, for God, you aren't running behind and your friends aren't ahead. Y'all are right on time. 
That's what you got to trust in. That's like comparing relationships. That's another trap. Like I said, that social acceptance. That's a trap. You'll be inside of a covenant that, and then look, now you're talking about you want to get a divorce because they they not meet my needs. Let me tell you about putting the time frame on God, what God has for you. Listen, let, let me just help. Let me make this statement. Let me help you out. Graduating college doesn't mean you're ready for marriage. <laughs> Graduating college and getting a job doesn't mean you're established. It comes with more than that. Preparation isn't, I went to school, I finished school, so now I can, I can, I'm, I can get a job that can support us financially. You're not ready for marriage. That's what I'm saying. There's no time frame that you're putting on God to make you beautiful and ready for His time. His, his season of marriage for you. Rushing the season, let me tell you, rushing the season will always have, rushing the season will always have you where you don't want to be. Here's, here's some counsel. Make your desires what God desires. Delight yourself in the Lord. Then he'll give you the desires of your heart. I, you know, I remember in college for me, you know, I was, I was real deep into the music. And that's what I was going to school for, music production. I was real deep into it. And I had sent my resume. After, actually, I worked for a record label. I was making beats. I was selling beats in Houston for like $2,000 a beat. I was working. And then I got a job offer and things like that. And in my mind, I was, and the job offer wasn't in Houston. It was in Los Angeles, California. And I remember I talked to my dad about it. And it's so, it's so amazing. You know, it's so amazing because... When I heard all these things and, you know, I started seeing dollar signs and things like that, I wanted it. I'm telling you, I wanted it. It's what I wanted. But I couldn't see into my tomorrows. See, it ain't no telling what would have happened to me if I took what I wanted. Ain't no telling if I would have been married to my wife that I am. See, God has so much better for me than what I had planned for myself. But I just had to wait. I, listen, if I was so money hungry back then, I would have been like, I'm not waiting, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to tell you, too, it, it was funny because when they called me, they called me on Wednesday night for the interview. And they, it was the evening time, right? Well, I say, I say evening time. It was about 6 o'clock our time. I was supposed to be at church, and I took the call. Had me on the phone for like two hours. I, I missed church. So I was considering all this. And, I, and then after that fact, I was like, oh, no. That's not what God has for me. But let me tell you something. It's extreme, it was extremely difficult for me to see that, especially at that age. Extremely difficult for me to see that. I'm like, no, God, God wants me to prosper. <laughs> but God has so much more. Than, it, remind, it, it reminds me of, of when God promised Abraham a son. But guess what? He didn't give it to him right then. Abraham had to wait. Abraham had to wait 20 plus years. But God promised. That's the thing about you. Just, you got to trust in God and His timing for your season. Don't don't let the peer pressure or, or what you see or just trying to keep up with the whoever push you into this season. Because it's not a play thing. It's a serious season of your life. And let me tell you, you can make the it can make the best of your life or it can make the worst of your life. Just remember, it's it's his season. And then I was talking about money, but another thing is one of our reasons is financial security. 
right? And Minister Hayson touched on this a little bit too as well, right? Especially you young man. If you if you're not financial financially set, if you're if you're not able to if your financial situation makes you desperate, you're not ready for marriage. Like I said before, why are you trying to bring somebody in on your on, on your bad, bad financial decisions? Because you're trying to have marriage save you now. Yeah, but if we put these two together, then I can dig myself out of this hole, and they can do. The- That's not what marriage is for. Bringing the financial baggage to somebody else. And, I, and I'm going to tell you this, ladies. There's nothing that can turn a man off more than a gold digger. I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm sorry. And here's the thing about marriage. Like I said, you don't know what's in the cup. Anything can happen. Because money, monetary, finance, that, that thing is fleeting. Anything can happen in marriage. And what then? I remember my first year of marriage. Listen, me and my wife had saved up some bread, some money before we got married. We had saved it up. And everything happened my first year of marriage. I mean everything. And emptied it out quick. On top of the things that we wanted. A house, a car. Uh-oh. Then all of a sudden, my wife gets ill. And that car you got, uh, wait a minute, you should have got it brand, brand new. And then, you know, all these things started happening. And guess what? Now that money's gone. Then what? Because are you committed to them financially? Are you committed to the covenant of marriage? Because those, listen, those are the troubles I'm talking about. Those are the things that all good marriages see. But like I said, good marriages can't, can't endure some of those things. It's good to be financially secure. It's not godly to marry because you want to be financially secure. Another thing is because I just, I'm lonely. I have the need for companionship. And I can, I can understand, you know, that feeling, right? I can't tell you how many people I've heard say that, right? I, I just can't be by myself. I don't want to be alone. You know, they, they want that, that hallmark lifetime relationship, you know what I mean, that they're watching on TV. And, and you know, I, I get it. You know, they want somebody you can cuddle with, you can uh, Netflix and chill with, right? I get it. I get it. But that's the thing about, about being lonely, right? It's very, very subtle. It likes to disguise itself as other emotions, right? Like sadness or jealousy or restlessness or anger. And if you're thinking clear, the last thing you really want to do is to go into a relationship, especially into a marriage with that state of mind. While you're lonely. Like I said, that, that, that's going to be a common thing. These things, all these things that we're talking about, we expect, and the baggage, that we, the stuff that we want, it, you're bringing that into a covenant when you get married. And feeling lonely and incomplete or, you know, things like that, that's not going to attract what God wants for you. You know, because people can notice when you're lonely and they can feed off of that. They can start manipulating off of that. 
You know, they can, they can, they can build your relationship off of, oh, well, they need to be dependent on me. Because they need somebody. Destructive relationships. And another, another, another perspective is, a spouse shouldn't have to carry a burden of your loneliness. That's, this goes back to what I said before. You need to be complete in Him. Turn to, turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. I, I wasn't going to go here, but because I keep saying it, I have to read it. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, and I'm going to read through 10. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of man, after the, the rudiments of the, world, of, this, of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. See, listen, don't... I know the world says if you're lonely, get married. That's a rudiment of the world. What God just told you is you, you find out you're complete in Him. Because listen, that rudiment of the world will spoil you. It'll spoil your spouse. It'll spoil your relationship. Your, your, listen, your marriage will not speak of Christ in the church. And this is a couple other things I'm going to try to finish real quick. No, that's okay. I'm out of time. And I didn't get to, to finish some of the things from our, our uh, you know, what, what man wants. Uh, but we'll finish that up next week and then we'll get into what God wants from the marriage. And then the following week we'll talk about how he gets it from us. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.